1: Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Leverage Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the dean and founder of DirectionsUniversity.com and the co-founder of both TheLeverages.com and Divisio.com, the all-new affiliate network for people doing good in the world. We have got a fantastic show lined up for you guys today. We have my co-host and all-around partner in crime, Jack Humphrey, the Associate Dean of DU. Hello, Jack.
0: Hello. How are you in sunny Florida?
1: I am awesome, and it is actually sunny in Florida today. It wasn't so sunny yesterday. I knew I'd get
0: it. At some point, the law of averages has to kick in, and it's going to be sunny when I ask you. I mean, it's freaking Florida, right? (laughs) It should be sunny. Absolutely. Well, we're almost done with rainy season.
1: Pretty much sometime in the next week to 10 days, rainy season should be over. And then between now and probably end of May, there will be five days, at most six, that we will have rain. So, yeah, rainy season is done. Sun is back.
0: Yay! Good. I can see. T- I can hear the sun in your voice. So I'm sure that and you're. And we have the a.
1: Truth. We've got another Floridian joining us for the show today.
0: We do. Would you like me to introduce her? I would love
1: that, Jack.
0: Today we have on the show none other than Nancy Matthews, an international speaker, global leader, author, business advisor, and talk show host. Nancy combines her 25 plus years of business savvy and creativity with an intuitive understanding of people to deliver engaging and entertaining content that provides practical solutions to today's life and business challenges. Whether she's delivering keynote presentations to large audiences, facilitating workshops in her exclusive one-on-one coaching programs, Nancy serves as a catalyst causing her clients to move forward at an accelerated pace and produce their desired results. She's known as the visionary with guts for her willingness to blaze through challenges and obstacles to turn adversity into advantage, and she empowers and equips others to do the same. Nancy, welcome.
2: All right, beautiful. Thanks for having me today, and I'm glad to be here. Jack, where do you live?
0: I'm in Indiana.
2: Oh, very good. Come up with, yes, a, in- come up with
0: a cool story about Indiana, and I'll be really impressed. <laughs>
2: I nobody ever I says, nobody up. volunteers that, oh,
0: I was just in Indiana for fun, like a vacation.
2: <laughs> I haven't heard that yet. Um, well, I have a cool story about Indiana, but it's not for this particular show. So <laughs> it was back in my college. So cool. We'll, so we'll leave it at that.
1: <laughs>
0: intriguing, intriguing. Well, we're going to have to uh, have an after show then and find out what there you're you talking go. about. Cool. Well, we'll start you off like we do everyone even though you're a big massive celebrity and everything. You have to do what everybody does on this show and tell us what gets you out of bed in the morning with a fire burning in your belly to greet the day. What what's your big thing Ooh. right now?
2: So, my big thing right now and every day is I get to have extraordinary conversations to create new business ideas to put them into practice support all my clients doing that and travel around the world uh, I, I am very blessed and grateful to the life that i get to live right now
0: it is really cool isn't it? i mean the feedback just from the first part of your gratitude which is just working with people and watching things happen as a result of the work that you're doing with them and also their under their own power and everything else and the pride that you mm-hmm. feel and everything i mean isn't that just really it? You know, after you become secure and finances are no longer a big deal or you've got everything going, you know, that, that, that when you start your thing, you're, you're a little uncomfortable. How's this going to work? Is it going to be profitable enough? Is it going to provide? And once all of that's out of the way, what do you have? If not, that feeling you get from watching other people get that too.
2: Mm-hmm. And you know what's interesting, Jack, is I believe that the way success really happens and prosperity really comes around for people is it starts with having that feeling of appreciation and joy of what you get to do, that value, that service, or that product that you bring to the world. So I believe you need to have that as your foundation, and from that everything else builds. Because while you get one success and then another success, you know, sometimes life can kick you in the knees, and if you're basing your happiness on your, only your specific achievements, then you're going to get knocked down, and you need to have that spirit of bringing value, enjoying the work that you're doing in the world, and even if you're, like, you know, selling cars or shining shoes, find the joy in what you're doing now, and that's the foundation for greater things to come.
0: That's kind of a key, isn't it? Is that is that your main Absolutely. key for, for for dealing with obstacles and challenges cuz I bet you didn't have just a completely gold road to where you are today. I bet you had a couple of obstacles and maybe a challenge or two. Yeah, is, maybe is that what you would, <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you would recommend to people you want to go a little bit further into that?
2: Um, Yeah, absolutely. You know, as a matter of fact, I was talking to a client the other day and, you know, her business, the air conditioning wasn't working in her business. She had an event that she was hosting and then there was another group that they bought in and they were loud and hers was a very quiet event. And she was listening to me challenge after challenge and being upset and frustrated. And I was like, you know what? The first thing we got to do is get your mind right. Because... The way that you perceive things and the way you respond to things sets the course in motion for what's going to happen next. And if you approach everything with panic, blame, and victim mode, you're going to keep getting more of that, where if you approach things with a a sense of, wow, you know, this really stinks and this just happened to me, where's my solution? I get to be responsible. I get to create anew. And I get that it's not always easy to come from that place. And every successful person, myself included, all the way up to the Jack Canfields and the Bob Bergs and uh, Zig Ziglar, any of them that you speak to, read about, they're going to tell you that true success starts with your approach
0: to life. I believe them, too. (laughs) I mean, you know, and there's no choice (laughs) We we don't have any choice, right? The universe doesn't really care I like what some people are saying these days I'm picking up on, you know, everybody's got to talk about the same thing And basically we're just coming up with new metaphors to tell the same story Because the story doesn't change So, you know, to keep it interesting If you've got a podcast and you're on once a a week or or, or every day And you've got to talk to people about this stuff You've got to come up with a new way to say the same thing And one of the things I think um, that I really like lately that I've been hearing um, was, you know, if the universe gives you something, if if you, if you something is put in your path, whether you call it the universe or whatever, it doesn't even matter, uh, and you don't pick it up and go with it, it gives it to somebody else. And yeah, <laughs> I think it was Vision Makani or somebody wow. that said that those kinds of words, like uh, Michael Jackson at like 3 in the morning would call his producer and say, I've got to write a song about... Blah blah blah, and he's like, "It's three in the morning." He says, "Yeah, but if I don't do it, Prince'll write it." You know, and <laughs> like I
2: love that. he knew
0: without maybe knowing, but he knew. And I think that's the way it is. You can sit and complain if you want, but the universe is just going to move on to the next person because it needs that thing that you were supposed to be doing or could have done, done. It needs it done. Do you agree with right. that? And,
2: and absolutely, a hundred percent. And uh, I didn't know that story about Michael Jackson. That's very cool. And and the, the key is it's about, you know, looking for opportunities, listening to, you know, the signs that show up along the way, and also creating opportunities for partnerships and connections. Because the other thing that I know is that really big visions, goals, and dreams you're not supposed to be able to do them on your own. The really big stuff requires collaboration and finding other people, because if you think of the tapestry of life, kind of like as a puzzle, let's say, all of the pieces fit together. So so yours and Gina's gifts and abilities tie with my vision to be able to get my message out to the world. So we're all in this together, And it's about finding those people that, you know, what I like to refer to as are your kind of crazy. So what I mean Mm -hmm. by that is I believe that everybody's a little bit crazy. You know, you can say, oh, she's weird, he's weird, he's crazy. You know what? I'm crazy, too. People look at me and say I'm crazy. The key is to find the people that are your kind of crazy to spend time with and, you know, co-create in that space.
1: Yeah. And Nancy you're I like to week. call it I like to call it coopetition. Even your competition, you're meant to collaborate with.
0: Mm-hmm. And when
1: you really all come together, the amount of leverage that gives all of you to achieve whatever it is that you're wanting to achieve is so huge. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. And What's interesting is if you take a look at competition, like you say, from a different perspective with coopetition, what can we create together, you will most of the time find that there are differences, even if you're providing the same product or service, you actually provide it differently or serve a different segment of the market, and there's ways yeah. for you to really support that client through collaboration.
1: Yeah, there is no such you know, thing as competition in my world, and I know there isn't in yours either.
2: Correct, correct. Like, for example, uh, with Women's Prosperity Network, one of my companies, we look to, we serve women in business and provide masterminding and workshops and conferences and all kinds of great things. And other, there's lots of women's organizations out there, and we actually have partnerships with two or three of them, and we co-promote each other's events and opportunities, because it's really about how can you add more value. And I can add more value by introducing the people in my tribe to Gina. I can get more value by introducing the people in my tribe to the Women's Leadership Association or Women Network in California. It's, it's It really opens up the space for opportunity more so than cutting off anything.
1: Well, I completely I and totally say- agree
0: to that one ahead, Jack, <laughs> I was just saying earlier that that you sounded dangerously close to talking about leverage there, and then you and then Gina just totally let the cat out of the bag and called it what it was <laughs> I know, working with you kind of gonna... crazy mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> exactly I like that
0: I like that I like that that's a good way to put it, and I'm always looking for a new way to put the basics of leverage, right I mean, yeah. you've gotta. You've got to work with those people, and the thing is, when I when I first started, I, my, I and I think a lot of people on the internet in the beginning uh, were really looking at marketing as I got to go straight direct to my audience. And there weren't actually a lot of thought leaders back then, you know, not compared to now, not even remotely. I, everybody calls themselves one. Everybody calls themselves some kind of an expert, and you know, you can't swing a cat without hitting an expert at something on the internet today so we didn't uh-huh. really even have the luxury of leveraging an audience there weren't that many audiences and certainly in the weird niches we found ourselves in and everything if we might have been the only people in that niche at the time i hate to make myself sound this old but it was like that at one time and now you can't find a niche that hasn't already been at least tried so you know we went after individuals we went after individual people who would be direct you know consumers of our product it's changed so much and if you, if you spend all your time looking in that direction, you don't have a lot of time to do the networking and, and to look up, and, you know, up that ladder, skipping a few rungs and going on shows like this one or uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. like any show or getting, getting on someone else's carefully cultivated stage or stage in front of their carefully cultivated audience. It might have taken them uh-huh. a million dollars and five years to build. And you can just walk onto that stage if you know what you're doing. That's and you right. allow yourself the time to do it. Do you, do you have strategies for that kind of stuff?
2: Uh, yeah, I've got oh, so many things. So, so like the can just opened up. <laughs> all the things, all the different <laughs> I, I thought
0: there. I just opened Pandora, so, invite her over, and open uh, her box up.
2: Yeah. So let's, let's talk about leverage. I love what you shared about getting on stages. So one of the best ways to leverage your time and your talent and your expertise is instead of doing, like you said, that one-to-one networking is to get over that fear of public speaking that you may have and be willing to speak to groups, to be willing to get up there and, and share your presentation, your ideas with a group of people. I often say, if you're going to be out doing presentations, sharing your products and services with people, would you rather do uh, 100 individual presentations or one presentation to 100 people? The second one. Yeah, of course, the second (laughs) one. And then again, we've got to overcome that fear. So remember that... You know, there's lots of ways for you to overcome the fear, and uh, we've got, I've got resources to share with you for that. But the, the first step is to take a look at who else has my audience, who else serves my people, and make relationships with the, those connectors, as it were, so that – you can step into that space. So, for example, if you are somebody who's in financial services and you do investments and life insurance, you want to create relationships with accountants, attorneys, and doctors. They know what's going on, especially accountants and attorneys. They know what's happening for those clients from a financial perspective, and they refer out to financial advisors. Perhaps what you mm. can do is contact, contact an accountant and an attorney and then you as a financial advisor and co-host an event together. So this is real, this is a very, very hot leverage tip. Contact two to three people that are in your sphere of influence, shall we call it, and host an event together. They each invite their clients, do it as a client appreciation day and a give back, and now you're introducing to each other while you're giving back to the client
0: plus bringing all three of your, I mean, do you, do you ever, um, maybe you've done this, I'm sure you have, it's just, I think it's natural to do. If you already know to bring people together for a joint, uh, you know, workshop or something like that, then, then, you know, if you were having trouble getting one person, have you ever found yourself name dropping the other person so that you, so they'd feel, you know, maybe they're not really comfortable with you by yourself, but if you came with a package of the other person, you've already gotten to say Absolutely. yes and their audience yeah, I love yeah. that. Gina talking yeah, that. Yeah, creates
2: added value. It create, it definitely creates added value. And then so the the so one area since we're moving into that leverage conversation, one area of leverage is definitely to speak to groups in, instead of or in addition to one on one presentations because we're always going to be doing those one on one presentations at some point. So find partners, strategic alliances that you maybe can co-create an event with or other groups that you can go speak to. Another powerful leverage tool that I want to share that is often overlooked has to do with um, follow-up. And the interesting thing about follow-up is most people – don't like to pick up that telephone and call and make follow-up phone calls because they don't want to bother the people and all the other. They don't want rejection, all of those other stories that we can make up that have us resisting making follow-up calls. I want to invite everybody to consider that their best pocket to leverage and make it easy is by building, you know, cultivating the relationships for clients and customers that you've already served. Now, follow me on this one. On this one, when you think of a referral, the beautiful thing about a referral is that when they send somebody to you, it already comes with a level of trust and relationship that is established through the referral source. So when that that referral comes to you, They're actually going to most typically enter in your business funnel. And I don't know how much talk we do about funnels here, but I'll go back to that in a moment. When somebody refers somebody to you, they will typically come in at a higher state of readiness to purchase from you than a stranger you met on the street. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, they might find your your funnel a little bit too remedial for their Uh, level of interest that they already came packing.
2: Right. Well, and it's it's not only that they might find it too remedial, but uh, a business funnel. So let me talk about that in general terms. For every business, there has to be a way for you to date your customer. So to move somebody from a suspect or an unknown to a prospect, to a client, to an advocate, requires that you have ways to build that relationship, and we talk about this in business as a funnel. So from a pricing perspective, you might have, you know, a CD or an an e-book or some low-cost way for people to start to get to know you, like you, and trust you. Then you move them up to a more meaty offering or the next level of business to the highest, to the highest, and so on. When a referral comes in, they already know you and, and, and like you just a little bit from their friends. So that first level product they're offering, they don't need that. They've already got that by way of relationship with the other person. Um, I'm, I'm, I'll share this and I'll give you an example of it. So Women's Prosperity Network is a membership-based organization and we have a client, Sherry Martin, She's been a member for many years. She's been in our coaching programs. We've done joint ventures with her. She's a solid client and an advocate, right? So Sherry Mm -hmm. goes to, Sherry went to a franchise expo in Miami, met a woman there, told her about Women's Prosperity Network, and that woman, rather than coming in, just going to our website and checking us out, that woman came to a live conference that we were hosting and then signed up for coaching. So I skipped three steps in that dating process, in that funnel process, and went right to the meat of us being able to be of service to her because it came in through a strong referral.
0: And it's it's wonderful. I mean, and the thing is, if you're spending time on, on that kind of thing, that can work for you. But if you're not even aware that that is like a, a business model uh, or a very, mm-hmm. very strong component of a business model, then you're out there too much doing too many one-on-one interactions and not getting the benefit of this kind of thing. And and a lot of people I meet in that situation say things like, marketing is hard, and it's hard to get yeah, attention, right. <laughs> and then you find out that this is what they're doing, and you're like, no wonder you feel that way.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to networking event, networking event, picking up business cards, leaving them sit on their desk, maybe thinking about following up, but then they don't do so, or when they do, it's not feeling comfortable. So spend time going back and I recommend that every week that you lock in a minimum of five phone calls and or emails or social media tabs to people that you've already provided products and services to just to stay connected, just to let them know you care and to stay top of mind. So that when they see somebody who has a similar situation, you're going to be the one they think of as a referral.
0: On top of that, it's really a lot easier to get somebody who already has that relationship. I mean, it might be, it might seem harder, right, to get on the phone and eek and do all that stuff. But it was like, well, what did you do to get them in the first place? You had to do something you might currently think is hard, but it's Mm -hmm. not as hard as going Mm -hmm. and getting a brand new one of those people, is it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this kind of ties in for me with what I feel like is my main mission to share on this planet, (laughs) which is, it has to do with... Well, let's hear about um, that,
0: absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: It has to do with uh, my, my philosophy, which I then turned into a book and all kinds of teachings related to it, and it's called The One Philosophy. And the premise is that... Each and every person you meet, whether it's in person, on the phone, at a restaurant, at a networking event, at a conference, wherever that is, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier about the opportunities that the universe places with you. So the one philosophy is that each and every person you meet is the one is the one who could be your next best friend, your next best client. You never know. But the magic happens when you're not seeking to find the one, but rather to be the one for each and every person. So if you meet somebody new, and let's just use networking, or you're at a conference and you're doing networking at a conference, when you have that person who's standing in line behind you for registration or in front of you Pause and say, hey, how are you? I'm excited to get to know you. I'm looking forward to being at this event here with you in the next few weeks. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Don't say, what do you do? Say, tell me about yourself, and then really listen. Pay attention, because all of the opportunities, all of the things that you want in life will come to you through other people. So our job as we meet people in the world in our everyday lives, is to get to know those people who have been put in our path because they're there for a reason. Either you're there to serve them or they're there to serve you in some capacity.
0: So yeah, and, their, and your is, path could be just being yeah. in line, <laughs> waiting absolutely, for registration. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, so for example, I, I mean, I have this happens time and time and time again. Back in 2009, I was standing in line at a theater and the gentleman in front of me, we struck up a conversation, got to know each other, and we ended up doing live events together, created a CD set. He became a panel and an expert on uh, at our unconference a couple of years, several years in a row, and it all is because I paused long enough to hear who he was—not just what hmm. he does, but I got to know who he was. So. Get to know the people that in your, in, your, in your life that you meet on the street at conferences. Also get to know the people that you have served. Stay in that relationship with them and build those, you know, cultivate those relationships, not just with a mind to get referrals because you never know where these things are going to lead. So here, here's, a, here's the key is that think about this for a moment, Jack. When you are about to meet somebody who you know is the one, you know, they're going to they're potentially a great client, or they're going to introduce you to somebody who's going to get your book done and published, whatever that is, somebody who you think is the one, right? When you are in the presence of someone who you think is the one, as human beings, we tend to listen more intently, pay more attention, look in their eyes, and really show them that we value, honor, and respect them, because they're the one, right? Yeah. So here's the deal. Every single person you meet is the one. We must be showing up for every person we meet with that same approach. Be the one that has them feel appreciated, paid attention to, and valued, and watch how the conversations transcend to a new level. You have to first and always be the one that values the other human beings in your past.
1: And it's
0: anybody, like I went to conferences a lot in the in the early aughts, uh, you know, there were lots and lots of marketing conferences, and I had a couple, I put a couple on, I put one on in Vegas, and I had to put one on in, online because of Hurricane Katrina, and our venue was during the hurricane, so we had to oh, scramble, wow. but, but when I go to live things, I I used to think and I probably would today if I hadn't talked to you today. I, I, I would have walked into it the same way, which is I'm here to do a thing. I'm here to do a couple of things. I want to meet this person, this person. I've got a list of people that I'm there to talk to. I have an agenda usually. And I don't, I don't think I would walk into a place today having as top of mind as you've just now placed it to just pay attention to anybody and everybody who's there. I mean, I might have walked by really key people because there's a lot of people in every industry that you don't know they're kind of like silent giants and they're doing something really really big but they just you know Mm -hmm. you walk by them and it's like who's that guy what's he doing here or what's she doing Mm -hmm. here who's that Mm -hmm. who cares they're not on the roster they're not on the stage so who cares and I'm guilty I'll raise my hand and be the first to volunteer that I, I have been guilty of that and I probably have shot myself in the foot several times because of it
2: Right, well, and, and the beauty is you have a new perspective now to see everybody as the one that they truly are. And, and here's the thing. What you've done is no different than what most of us have done in the past, is that we have this um, hunter mentality when we go out mm-hmm. in the world or we go to conferences. So rather than, and, and rather than just hunting to find that person, it's about trusting in the process that the ones are everywhere. And the only way you're going to see them is to look at, look at everyone you meet with a new level of value and respect. And one of, one of my greatest mentors is somebody that I met at a conference. I went to this event in Orlando and there was supposed to be 200 people there. I paid for a sponsorship and I walk in the room and there's 50 people there. And I was like, uh, you know that feeling? <laughs> I can't believe this. I drove all the way here. I'm going to be here for three days, and I spent all this money, blah, blah, blah. So that was the story in my head at the moment. And then I paused, and I said, you know what? You never know. Just show up, Nancy. Just be you. And I ended up meeting a gentleman by the name of Dwayne Cummings, who became my mentor, my coach, my colleague now, and trusted friend. And it all happened because both of us chose to show up as the one to simply be of service to each and every person we met, however that looks. And we get all hung up sometimes in how it's supposed to look or what is supposed to happen. And there's a fine line about showing up in this way that I'm speaking of right now and trusting that process to that hunt i got to kill, i got to get my deal done, that that different type of thing. I'm not saying to not have a structure and a system and measurements and goals, and I, I am very clear on business structure, strategy, and goals. But I approach people with the perspective of how can I add value to their life in this moment. And when I show up that way, giving them a smile, really listening to what they say, more likely than not there's some way for me to provide some service or product to them. And if I
0: don't, that's okay, too. Yeah. Oh, and it's that's too just funny, that's
1: Nancy, because Jack and I can give you, I don't know, probably a dozen horror stories from events that we attended that were so horrible. Right, Jack? You can just think <laughs> about the last four or five years, just so horrible. Yep. And yet, in every single case, I do exactly what it is that you're describing. And uh some of the times I really have to pull Jack along for the first day or so to get him to see that <laughs>
2: there's golden
1: opportunities all around Jack. And by the time well, we get I? done with
0: yeah.
1: by the time we get done with the say. event, the positive things, the huge outcomes that have come out of it. Oh my goodness! Some of our biggest successes the last few years came from the events that we thought, on the surface at least, were the worst ones ever.
0: Right.
1: Oh, even even if
0: you scratched a little under the surface, they were the worst ones ever. But yeah, I mean, by all by all measures of the generic flat Earth kind of, you know, look at take a look at, at the lay of the room and everything else. Oh my God, this is a disaster um amazing things you're absolutely right i'm counting um all of the ones that yeah wow and so how, i was ready to go home with a couple of those the first day
2: sure that's how we met isn't it we met at an event
0: it absolutely is mhm
2: <laughs> yeah yeah the beautiful yeah, thing yeah
0: so i think the one philosophy is really amazing i think that's really cool that's my takeaway so far but i i think i might Give it a run for its money if I can get you to talk about prosperity consciousness. I've been stalking you a little bit, and I notice that you have something on Monday nights around that topic. Mm-hmm.
2: I do. I do. Um, so prosperity consciousness. There is a, there's a book. There's many books that have been written on prosperity and consciousness. and um, my, my favorite, the one that really breaks it down so simply, is a book called The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace B. Waddles, Mm -hmm. and it pretty much, you know, everything that I've been speaking of today really can, you'll find its roots in this book, my way of being, my philosophies and things like that. So, when it comes to prosperity consciousness, it's about starting off with appreciation and gratitude for what you do have, so that more can build from it. So... You've probably heard of Murphy's Law. How would you describe Murphy's Law?
0: I sometimes call it Humphrey's Law, and it uh, was actually <laughs> happening an awful lot when I was showing up to events that I'd already precognized that weren't going to be very fun. Guess what happened? Uh-huh. At, at they started out, at least, not being very fun. <laughs>
2: yeah, right, right. So Murphy's Murphy's Law is... One bad thing happens and that another comes and another and another and another, right? Most of us are familiar with that. Mm -hmm. And Murphy's Law is actually a product of the universal law of attraction, which means like attracts like. So if you're thinking, like you just said, oh, my God, this isn't going to be a good event. Hey, it turned out to be a not so good event. Whereas if you show up at an event and you say, this is going to be an amazing event, I know I'm going to meet all the right people, I'm going to learn new things, and I'm going to get to be able to grow myself and my business to the next level, that's what will happen. So with prosperity consciousness, if you are focusing on all the money that you don't have or the lack of the things that aren't happening or if you're worried or you're in fear and doubt, you are setting the forces in motion for more of that to be created. Prosperity consciousness requires that we set a foundation based upon the laws of nature. So let's take a look at nature. In nature, a tree, a huge 100-foot oak, right, or the big redwoods, they start off as a seed. And when that seed is planted and nourished and fed with water and nutrients and all of those things, it grows into what it was meant to be. What happens to most people when they do their affirmations or they create their vision is they put a time limit on its achievement. And then when it doesn't happen in their time frame, their mind goes to this stuff doesn't work, you know, I'm never going to get what I want, nothing turns out in my favor, but if they hold their thoughts and believe that everything is in process and look for the signs that they're always moving in the direction of achievement of their visions and goals, then it will be brought about much faster. People actually break the flow of prosperity the minute they step into fear or doubt or worry. So the key is to keep our minds continuously focused and moving forward looking for evidence of our visions coming true.
0: You know, I've noticed that the evidence doesn't just run right up in front of you and smack you on the face sometimes. <laughs> and so I've, I've told people that when I've discovered things, it's it, you know, you start telling that story about how unusual your discovery was. And I think a lot of what stems from that unusual story that we've all told somebody, this is really weird today. I saw something and it was so coincidental or it was so – whatever they called it, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it's always a weird story, and I think it's just somebody just snapping into focus or snapping into awareness or consciousness just for a split yeah. second long enough to see that red car or whatever it was. Right. Is yep. that yep. kind of what you're talking about?
1: Yep, that's, that's
2: definitely what I'm talking about. And um, I have a one of my favorite quotes, I think it's from Napoleon Hill, is that people often miss opportunity, because because it comes dressed in overalls and looks like hard work <laughs> yeah so people yeah people miss opportunity because they you know so that's, so that so that's one of them and then the the other piece of it is is that you know there is no such thing as an overnight success. things take time and it, and it's about being consistent and persistent so let me let me share with you about this the science of getting rich and what I've done with that. I actually took that book and broke it down into a 30-day program where you just for 15 minutes a day, that's all you have to commit to, 15 minutes a day that you will read the book, and then I added some journal prompts and and things to help guide people in the process because most people aren't going to sit down and read a whole book these days, and this is a little book. Anyway, so 15 minutes a day, and part of the process is about changing your thought patterns and changing the way you look at things. Like you said, adjusting your lens to see things differently. You know, you can, I can look at the fact that when I was a legal secretary, office manager working in a law firm back in 2001, and another attorney came in and I left as that attorney came in because she was encroaching in my territory, let's say, I could look at that and be mad at my boss and mad and blah, 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 but instead it created an opportunity for me to now be where I am. So, again, it's about how you're looking at things, just like you said, adjusting that lens to see the opportunity within the the perceived failure. So this 30-day program is designed for you to shift your way of thinking, just like with exercise, you have to have some consistency and regularity to it. So the 30-day program is about creating a shift in perspective that will stick. Does that make sense?
0: That's really cool. Yes. Where do we get Mm -hmm. this program, please?
2: Uh, You can go to nancymatthews.com, and it's uh, called Receiving Your Riches. You'll see the information right on the website there. And that's partly why I do weekly calls on prosperity and uh, the conferences. So in all the work that I do, I am, yes, I'm brilliant at marketing strategies and copywriting and blueprints and funnels and, you know, I, I know how to do all of that stuff. And it's always under the foundation of how can I and how can my clients serve people better. And this goes to a premise that uh, I learned from reading The e by Michael Gerber. Are you familiar with Michael Gerber?
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: Yes, okay, so Michael Gerber wrote the book, the the many books under the E-Myth brand, and it's about the entrepreneur myth and how do we really create businesses. You know, if, if I love what I do, how do I actually have it make me lots of money and serve people in a good way? And one of the guiding principles that he talks about is the only justifiable reason for creating a business is to serve someone's desire better than anyone else. So, anytime you're creating a radio show, a new program, a product that's going to be used in the marketplace, putting on an event, a conference, whatever that is, the driving principle is how can you serve people better than anyone else? Because if you're going to do it just like everybody else does, why bother? Right. So, you know, so in that regard, yeah, go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, go ahead and finish that thought because I had another one that goes right on top of that.
2: So, so for example, we're hosting our conference in Orlando in a couple of weeks, and we actually call it the Unconference because you can go to lots of conferences, but you don't get to go to an Unconference. Whereas yeah, that others. sounds good so to me right that,
0: off the bat. Like right off the top, it sounds exactly, better to me than a conference.
2: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So right, and so with that. Our goal is how can we make this unlike other conferences? So how can we create the opportunity for you to connect with, with people, to find those strategic alliances and JV partners? How can we present the new knowledge in a way that you will actually integrate and implement it right in your life instead of having your notebook sit on the shelf after you leave the event? How can we have you have fun in the process and get so clear on your vision and state your vision that the right people you're supposed to work with come to light. So that's our goal with the Unconference. Um, and, and this year, I've just got to say, I'm a little excited because Michael Gerber is actually our keynote speaker. So I'm very nice. excited to be bringing him. I know. Oh, very excited. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And
1: I well, am I was say earlier, excited, you. Jack, because
0: I oh, am yeah, going you to get the Unconference. Yeah, I forgot about that. I was just going to say earlier that the a whole um it's funny how when you get more into philosophical stuff, when you get into more of you know, like we were talking about prosperity consciousness. Well, we went right from that to that from talking about funnels, a little bit about funnels. So like we yes, went from right. real specific like like you mm-hmm. just mentioned you're really good at all those things and and it's not to say that you can just wing it, although I've seen people do it. I think they're unicorns, but, you know, I've seen people wing it and the copy and the funnels just fall together or they're lucky enough to have somebody around them that's really good at that stuff. And, you know, they're kind of the hippie of the two. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's typically, it's really weird how much all of that stuff will fall into place if you've got the philosophy right, but almost never do things fall into place if all you have right is the technique. Almost never does that happen in my experience. That was good.
2: Yeah, agreed 100%. And it goes to motive. So, coming back to what is your motive when you're launching your online funnel? Is your motive to get as much money from people as possible, or is your motive to add as much value to people as possible? Yeah. Because if you come from the perspective of how can I add value, how can I serve better than anyone else, when you come from that motive and agenda and intention the money will always follow now you want to have it tied together i'm not telling you to just go out there and give all your stuff away for free not at all i charge for my services and i charge you know handsomely for them because of the huge amount of value that i bring but i start first by what what is the value that i'm giving And then I back it up with, okay, what's the exchange for that? Because there has to be flow of giving and receiving. I see too many entrepreneurs and business owners who give stuff away all the time because they don't know how to price it or create that structure on the funnel. And, you know, that's why the two must be married together, just like you said.
0: Yeah, it's and maybe you could even go one level to the side or take a step or whatever from the okay. giving the more more value to anybody else. Don't you inherently give more value than anybody else if you're more passionate about the topic than anybody else is? If you just if it's your life life's mission, and you're up against a bunch of people who are more focused on technique, wouldn't you naturally be the one in the room more often than not? who's giving the most value by a factor of 10 or more?
2: Uh, Definitely agree with that. And I also believe that you've got to continuously sharpen your own acts and your field of expertise. So what I mean by that is I am, yeah, I'm a speaker and I'm passionate about what I speak about, right? I also have a course where I teach other people to speak from stage and how to you know, the the elements of persuasion and influence, which are not meant to be manipulative tactics. They're meant to be ways to inspire the audience to take actions that they want to take, it's not about coercion or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So as a speaker, I've got authority and, the passion and passion for the topic that I'm speaking about. So just like you said, that ramps it up right away. Then beyond that, because I'm a speaker and I have a responsibility to be the best I can be, I still take courses. I study other speakers. I am always sharpening my ax so that I can be the best I can be for my clients that I'm serving. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Well, plus, can't you get bored? Can't you not even notice maybe that you're bored but then later on find out, wow, I was bored because you hadn't stuck your head up for a while and learned how anybody mm. else was doing it around you and I mean, I've done that a lot of times where I'm like, wow, I was just flat out bored, and I didn't even know it. I was tired of my own stuff, and I hadn't had any new ideas Uh, in so long, and why? Because I hadn't looked around for so long.
2: Yeah, and and the other piece of that that shows up, and that was really great that you mentioned that, the other way that could show up is you think that competition is eating into your market share. It's just that the competition is refining and up-leveling their game, and you haven't. Yeah. So competition Absolutely. Yeah, this is this is a big one. So for for the audience, competition should never knock you down. Competition should cause innovation. When so somebody absolutely. You know, well, I mean, what, what? if you a,
0: are truly passionate? If you're really, really passionate, and you swear you signed a, an affidavit saying I am absolutely passionate about this thing,
1: <laughs> and this thing has
0: the ability to change the world. If somebody else is competing with you to change that world, you should be happy for that person for whatever they're able to accomplish in their own right, toward that end. Otherwise, oh, aren't you lying well a little said. bit about your passion? Yeah.
2: That was well said, well said. It's it's like uh, my my purpose, my goal is to grow leaders, to have lots and lots of people stepping out and stepping up in bigger ways to make our world a better place, however they choose to do it, right? And then if I get jealous because they got a client that I thought I should have got, you're absolutely right, I'm not being true.
0: Plus, it's not prosperity consciousness. It's not a, exactly. a, an abundant way to think about the world and about yeah. things around you. I mean, I used to do that. I, I used to get really frustrated when I'd create a piece of software. It'd, go, it'd be going really, really well. Everybody's just like reviewing it and loving it and giving tons of feedback. And then five minutes it would take, it felt like, before somebody just ripped off the technical part of it and sold it for less without the heart in it without the heart beating Mm -hmm. that's in mine, (laughs) you know. Or they did a better job than that and really just actually ripped it off really, really well. And uh, I didn't have people like you around me at the time to tell me that that was a good thing, not a bad thing, that it was okay and not the world is coming to an end and I really hate people that don't have their own ideas.
2: (laughs) Hey, listen, Jack, the truth of it is I've had those thoughts too and the key is that we're always seeking to you know, enjoy our lives more. I love that you and Gina have this radio show and are creating these conversations that give more people the opportunity to step into it.
0: Yeah, well, it's easy because really we just sit back and have guests like you on and it makes us look really super smart, but thank you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I know you're super smart. And Gina, I can't wait to see you uh, in two weeks at the UnConference.
1: I am so looking forward to it. I've got my assistant Shelby joining me for the conference or the on conference, as mm-hmm. it should be. Tell us a little bit more about other than Michael Gerber's keynote. What else are we going to get to experience mm-hmm. at the on conference, Nancy?
2: So we're actually taking you through a three day journey, where uh, an. Ex- Experience, as it were so day one the focus of the masterminding the conversations and the presentations is about aspire what are your aspirations and we're going to give you the opportunity to declare them and expand them through a variety of different exercises and things that we've got day two we're going to move into activate all right how do we activate those aspirations and visions and goals and boost them to the next level. So for wherever you are at in the in the path of that vision and aspiration, how do we boost it to the next level? And then on day three, the theme is accelerate. How do we accelerate and keep the momentum beyond the event? One thing we are so committed to is that when you attend the UN conference, you get integration and implementation while you're there and an action plan to take with you when you leave to apply to your life. So that's the experience. It's fun. It's uplifting. People always say, you know, one of the things I'll tell you about our community and the way people show up is that because of the one philosophy and this culture that we have around it, you will feel appreciated, recognized, loved, and respected by all of the attendees. So I want you to imagine for a moment that you're in a space with 300 people who don't gossip, who respect each other, who share their ideas from a place of passion and commitment and people who are willing to take action. You know, so, so these are people committed to excellence, significance, legacy, and as you said, Gina, coopetition.
1: That's Awesome, Nancy. I am so looking forward to this. And I invite all of you to come and join us as well. In fact, I'm not quite sure whether we're going to do it the first night or the last night. I'm leaning towards the last night. But if you do join us at joindu.com forward slash unconference, plan on spending at least one night with me personally at dinner. And I'll see if I can't get Nancy and maybe some of the other speakers to join us as well.
2: Fun, fun, fun. Well, we've got activities in the evenings as well. We've got a talent show. And here's here's what I want to do for your listeners. I didn't mention this, but I'd love to give them the opportunity to get their tickets for 50% off. Would
1: that be okay? Oh, my gosh, Nancy, that would be Awesome.
2: <laughs> yes, so and this is really courtesy of Michael Gerber. So go to the website WPNUnconference.com uh, W for women, P for prosperity, and for network. WPNUnconference.com, all one word. And when you're ready to check out, uh, put in the promo code Gerber, capital G E R B E R. And courtesy of Michael Gerber and his wife, Lucilia, you'll save 50% on a ticket.
1: Wow. Guys, you really want to be there. I have talked to tons of people over the years who have been at Nancy's Unconferences, and it is unlike anything else I've ever heard people talking about. And I'm really looking forward to coming, Nancy. I've wanted to go to one of your conferences for a while now. I can't wait to experience it.
2: Yay. (laughs) Me too. I'm looking forward to seeing you. Jack, I think it's time to leave Indiana and come on down.
0: The thing is, probably nothing would tempt me unless it was titled the unconference, if it had any other part of conference in it. I mean, you know, uh, Gina wasn't exaggerating earlier. I'm not a big conference guy anymore, uh, but uh, but I could I could be swayed, and this is starting to sway me.
2: I love it! Yay! Yeah, yeah, yeah! I'm looking forward <laughs> to seeing you there. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold that intention, and my motive is to serve you and help you connect with the people that you're meant to to be with. So uh, I'm excited.
0: Well, I have a feeling that you deal a lot. I mean, you can just tell cuz you we're the same kind of crazy. Obviously. So, uh-huh. you can just tell <laughs> that uh you attract the kind of people that I would love to hang out with, but very specifically around projects. I know that I, I'd probably find some soulmates down there, some business soulmates. Uh some absolutely. more crazy That's people good like way us. To
2: put it. Yep. Yep, absolutely. You good.
1: remember meeting Nancy last year at Guerrilla Marketing's conference, don't you, Jack? Yes. Awesome. So, Nancy, what final words of wisdom do you have for our listeners today?
2: So let's see. Um, Begin each day with appreciation. We often call it gratitude. In appreciation for what you have, and the distinction between gratitude and appreciation is it's about lingering in that feeling of gratitude. For the people that you have, for the health that you have, uh, whatever level those are, start with that in mind and then remember to treat each and every person you meet as the one that they really are. Your job is to show up to be the one for them to create the space for their greatness to be revealed.
1: Nancy, thank you so much. What great final words of wisdom.
2: (laughs) My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me today.
1: And we look forward to seeing each and every one of you at the UnConference in Orlando in just a couple of weeks. You can grab your tickets right now at join.com forward slash UnConference and remember to use Gerber with a capital G to get 50% off on your tickets. We'll see you all next week, same time, same place, for another episode of Leverage Masters. Have a fantastic week, everybody, and thanks again, Nancy.
2: Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks,
0: everybody. Bye, Jack. Bye-bye. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like...